Susan, how are you feeling? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. You're listening to the Making Your Own Mind Up podcast with me, Susan. And me, Josie. And this is the podcast where you get all of the inside scoops on the Eurovision, all about how it's working and all about the controversy at these big semifinals. And of course, we've been chatting to famous faces throughout the six episodes. And we are officially on the fourth episode, Just Watch the Finals. Semi-finals, should I say, part one. That's it. It has been crazy. Actually, watching Jodie experiences for the first time has been absolutely wild. It was fun, but the ending... We can we can get into that, but I'm, I'm we so will, sad. We will definitely get into Jodie's full emotions and experience of this, which included Jodie screaming in the studio, but <laughs> we'll get into that for sure. But we do need to talk about some other stuff first, including the changes this year's voting, which caused a lot of emotion, should we say, online? Anger? Yeah, definitely anger. I saw a lot of anger. Well, let's get into that, actually, because... There has been a lot of anger over the changes that were proposed for the this year's semifinals in Liverpool. And it's quite interesting because we saw the pictures of it and we were a bit shocked. And you hadn't even been a massive Eurovision fan, as we know, but yeah. you were surprised at what you were seeing as well. It was the change in how the voting results would be presented. So instead of you know the way it's currently done where people all sit in the kind of green room area and they're surrounded by their team and their dancers and everything like that they would be stood on stage like it's a talent show kind of like x factor britain's got talent mm-hmm. and they're stood on stage and then told you know they still read off all the countries in random order or anything like that but the camera would be realistically like focused on the stage to see someone's kind of shame it sounds really dumb to say we're not here to make that kind of gripping television let's get into some of them tweets actually because i came across one from jamie and she said i'm sorry but taking away the moment of the green room results and placing it with a basic talent show lineup on stage is taking away the iconic part of what eurovision is i feel like we need to protect the identity of the show if it ain't broke don't fix it that's a really great point i do think it is like an inherently british thing now that they kind of almost own talent reality television Mm. that they kind of thought why not make it like a competition show and why not make it look like this this is what our tv looks like and it's like that's really not what we're doing here at all people went along them lines of saying it it kind of humiliates them a bit disrespectful to the actual contestants but i did come across one tweet and it said to be honest some eurovision artists deserve to be humiliated on stage oh that is cruel so (laughs) but yeah I, i don't particularly agree with that one but i do see the point the EBU and BBC, whoever made this decision, they turned around like nobody's business. Yeah, because it was only on the rehearsals when it was announced. Exactly. And then literally after that, it was like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> mm, we saw that semi-final. They were parked in those seats yeah. surrounded by their teams. That is it. They were in the green room. I get that whole idea of the green room moment. Like that is quite special is in the finals when they go at 12 points to you know Spain it'll show the whole Spain team celebrating it'll be this big moment of like oh my god we just got 12 points off someone it's different for the for the for the bands isn't it who have got like maybe three or four of them they can be together in that moment for someone like Lorene or Caria it's just so different and also what was what we were saying about them changing their minds so quickly it was literally I'd say within a couple of hours where straight away there was a statement out yeah they backtrack really quickly yeah which was really odd but here is exactly what they said in their statement from the BBC and from the EBU after trying a new system of presenting the qualifying countries in dress rehearsal one of the first semi-final of the Eurovision Song Contest 2023 
It was decided by the production team to revert back to the previous reveal sequence used in recent years with artists learning whether they will progress to the grand final together with their delegations in the green room. Whilst this change will not now be implemented this year, there are other innovations in the show for viewers to look forward to. Okay, I think it was a good decision for them to revert back, to be honest on that. I agree. I also think it is interesting to hear how much... Well, I mean, we can't say for sure. They're saying their producers made the decision. It does feel like the viewers swayed that a lot yeah. from the reaction on Twitter. And it is interesting and probably a good thing maybe to see how much the opinions of the public are taken into consideration considering this is a competition that is put on by all of our public service broadcasters, which would mean, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, well, I paid for the event. So why, why is it changing the way I don't like it? But they're talking about changes that they think everyone will love but there's another one that's kind of giving people a bit of a funky vibe okay take us through so this year what is also different is that the semi-finals the results from the semi-finals were purely just from public voting yeah. rather than the jury's vote which- and as we learned in the first episodes it was the jury votes combined with online votes yeah so what is important about that is that the jury opinion is a professional opinion of the song if that makes sense whereas the public voting is oh I really like that person or I like that song and it's not to say that people have bad opinions at home but it's interesting because what we ended up seeing is songs that were maybe more technically better than other songs not making it through and I think a lot of people on Twitter have been saying that the jury could have saved those songs with their votes and what instead sometimes you get a chaos vote guys people vote for chaos and in my opinion that's what we're kind of seeing people at home are gonna vote for their favorites and someone like i really loved malta i really wanted malta to go through really sad when they didn't but we will get into that further on in the episode but it's things like that where you're watching and you think that actually was a good song for instance ireland as well ireland was a really good song and there's some songs that are going through to the next round the final and i'm like hmm but let's get into the countries that got through and are heading to the grand final on saturday are you sure you don't want to talk about countries that didn't make it? <laughs> um, I suppose we need to air this eventually. Touchy um, subject. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I want to go on the record and say that I didn't think we would get through anyway. But actually, having watched the semi-final, I kind of thought Ireland would get through. I can't lie. I wrote my top 10 and yeah. Ireland were in my top 10. I was I was quite sad considering some of the songs that actually went through. I think Ireland did deserve a spot as well. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the guys worked really hard. I think one of the guys' outfit was working quite hard. (laughs) Um, But I think, honestly, I do think it was a really good song. I think the performance was grand. I think it was good. Don't know if I was feeling that glitter all in one. I think I saw way too much that I should possibly see. The devil works hard, but... (laughs) (laughs) But honestly, I think, I don't know, it's just a shame. It's what I really find really special, and I know... Jody gave me a hassle when I reacted this way because obviously Jody's whole city is on display this year <laughs> and you know everyone's living for Liverpool but I love the postcards I find it really special and I found it really special when Ireland's postcard played because it was one of my favourite places in Ireland like the Sally Gap in Wicklow and it is a shame to see that we won't be going to the final again this year but I don't know I, there is there's a moment for Ireland like it's coming and it is just a lot of people are saying it and I'm not unique in thinking this And I think Wild Youth are kind of the first step in getting there, but we need, as a country, to take the competition more seriously. I think over the last few years, 
we've kind of fobbed off the Eurovision as being this thing of like, oh yeah, whatever that thing, like only kind of joke performances go in, only, you know, not serious artists go into the Eurovision. And like, that's not what's happening. What is happening is that other countries are bringing their best and most amazing talent. And we're making it seem like embarrassing to host or to represent your country, which is ridiculous. The competition is not embarrassing. This is a celebration of culture. It's a real song contest. And I think Wild Youth are kind of that first step of getting us back there. I think having artists that are big names in Ireland putting themselves out there and showing a song that, I don't know, maybe we just need to go more Irish with the song as well. Maybe. Give it that. More of a... more culture. Exactly. Like, we're famous for the Riverdance Interval Act. So where has that Ireland gone? Where has that level of game gone? Yeah, because I liked Wild Youth. I've re- I actually quite enjoyed the song that they brought this year. But it was given Take That. Like the vibes I was getting from it was like Take That, like a, a typical boy band, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I do think I do think it's in the future that Ireland will make a comeback though. I do. I think we just need to get our, get our thinking caps back on again. I completely feel, yeah, I obviously didn't have a connection to a country because the UK obviously didn't perform in the semi-finals. But um, I had such a strong connection to Malta, <laughs> the buskers, that you I did. almost cried my eyes out when they did not get through. I really thought they had it, you know, I thought they had it in the bag. Their performance was so good yeah no actually that is another one that I really thought they were in my top 10 of who I thought would get through and I think they were amazing I think their performance was great we had the shiny saxophone like we had glitter and even if you didn't really like the song if you didn't think it was that good I feel like the performance really added to it yeah and I actually thought it would have been a memorable one like I kind of thought people would get it I don't know if it was because we would have watched the rehearsals and we would have watched these things that made us know it more we would have met them at press junkets and stuff but I thought that was one that people would have really gravitated towards and I was surprised to see that go I, that's another one that I think is a victim of the juries I think the juries would have yeah. really gone for that I also think that the bookies predictions were right as well in what yeah. we were discussing on the last episode because they kind of hit the nail on the head of who was going through yeah completely I mean everyone that was in that list that we read out yeah sailing through absolutely G- well, getting into that, should we take us through who actually got into the finals? Yeah, so if we are looking at it, the list of qualifiers are Croatia, Moldova, Switzerland, Finland, Czechia, Israel, Portugal, Sweden, Serbia and Norway. That It's an interesting mix of people, honestly. Yeah, I feel like we should start with Croatia. <sighs> yeah, if we must. Um, Well, they were the first ones to be called out and I with no disrespect, was absolutely gobsmacked. Yeah. I I know you're not used to Eurovision things, and I think there's this kind of idea of a Eurovision song, and it's always a bit of a quirky one and a bit of an odd one. But that even was... It just it wasn't for me at all. It was kind of a step too far to me. I don't really get it. I don't really understand it. I know it's a whole anti-war song, and it's meant to make a statement, and it's meant to be memorable and stuff, but there was just all this talk of you know they might get naked or they thought about it if they win all this kind of stuff I just don't I just it wasn't for me the song wasn't for me the performance wasn't for me yeah I think I can I can almost see why they've got through in the sense that was very quirky it was a quirky performance it was out there but and you know they did take like their capes off in the performance as well so they got Mm -hmm. half naked (laughs) they were heading that way yeah they were definitely i mean the longer the song went on we could have got more clothes off you just never know (laughs) but i am 
I just didn't I didn't feel what maybe other viewers were feeling. No, no. And I suppose maybe it depends on how you view the competition differently or what you are looking for in a Eurovision song, but I'm looking for more of a maybe a seasoned kind of performance, a more more career. Polished, yeah. yeah. I think polished performance for sure. And yeah, people that are well loved like Carrier for Finland. Then you had Noah Carell for Israel and you had obviously Lorraine for Sweden. Those knocked it out of the park. Yeah, ten out of ten. Yeah. Amazing performances from them, all of them. I think Lorraine's performance can give goosebumps. That is what it felt like. It's just such goosebumps. And I really enjoyed seeing Carrier's full performance. Um, with the dancers, with everything, with the little, you know, the dance we always <laughs> see doing in press junkets and stuff. It's just so fun and it actually is a surprising one, but it is my kind of thing. I like that. Do you know what though? I'll be honest, I was quite scared of the song. Like the song scared me. The sound of it's quite like, <laughs> I don't know, watching is like very, his eyes are like serious and he's like, cha, cha, cha. But when you watch it, I was like, okay, this is, I'm getting the feeling. I'm loving this. The crowds were going literally so wild for it. I can see, I can see him winning the Eurovision this year. Completely, 100%. But I want to make this controversial point in saying the song almost reminds me of like a kid's YouTube song. As in my nephews would definitely watch this on YouTube while they're just scrolling through. (laughs) Well, I fell in love with Noah Carell on the last episode when I watched her rehearsal. I was just Mm. like, oh my God, I love this woman. I am back in it fully. And I still am because that performance, she knocked it out the park. It was so dramatic. You know, she really looks the part. She puts on such a good performance. And like, it goes from quite, it's not chill at the beginning, but it goes into that beat that you want, you want to get. And you're like, okay, this, I'm feeling it. And then next minute she does the dance break. There was so much going on. Yeah, and we were saying it to each other, kind of um, saying, we'll be hearing this in nightclubs for years, we'll be hearing this at parties, all that kind of stuff. It is a song that has the kind of longevity like Euphoria has. But getting into someone who didn't get through, and I don't think these were even in the Buki's top 10, but Azerbaijan. Yeah, I really enjoyed their performance tonight. I did. I kind of like that whole 60s, 70s vibe. I like the, I like a voicemail. I think Mm. that's something that's getting used more and more in music now. And I quite liked the way they did it. It was a bit, it was a bit of an odd one. I think maybe now that they haven't gotten through and I've thought about it, you kind of think maybe it wouldn't have done very well in the finals. But again, I feel like we're still circling back to, but it was beaten by Croatia. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I mean. This is obviously it's just our opinion on it but I, I do look at the other acts that didn't get through and I think wow like you vocally sounded much better yeah completely and like Czechia's song wasn't for me either I didn't really enjoy the whole vibe mm-hmm. of all these women in the pink outfits that look exactly the same it's something very odd about it to me they could have went further out with their outfits Czechia couldn't they they could have all been in a different colour of the rainbow we actually tried to devise lifts separately <laughs> so that we could talk to each other about it we had the exact same list yeah so we thought Norway would get through, Malta, Portugal, Ireland, Switzerland, Israel, Moldova, Sweden, Finland, and Azerbaijan. You said to me when when Malta didn't get through and you were devastated, like literally screaming. I was so upset. <laughs> Horrified. You were like, how do you do this? How do you just, how are you okay with this? And I was like, this has been my 26 years of life, baby. We, 
we we've qualified obviously in 26 years but we have not done well in so long i think jedward is our last was our last hope altogether <laughs> that says a lot really to be honest i know but i was i was upset and i couldn't take the pain so i was like yeah i've got this list spot on i'm eurovision number one now because of susan and i was like no no every time it was just getting shattered every name that was getting brought out i know completely and i won't i I don't like to enjoy your pain, but I did find it quite funny. I was even texting my parents being like, Jodie's losing her mind and this is this is great. I was feeling all the emotions in one. I was, I was a little bit angry. I was upset. I was frustrated. And I was ha- also happy for the ones that did get through. And I was like, there's just too many emotions going on right now. I'm feeling very overwhelmed. I need to take a minute. We need to go outside. But I actually wanted to ask you what you thought of the semi-final as a whole like what you thought of the production of you know the interval acts and the opening act and all of the ways the presenters interact with each other because I think the way Eurovision presenters interact with each other is quite a unique way of presenting maybe it's a bit of an odd relationship they all seem to have do you know what I didn't when I was watching it I didn't expect the things that were happening so for instance um the cat call from Hannah <laughs> but then also Alicia Dixon bursting out into a rap which is iconic by the way completely we love Alicia Dixon rapping definitely oh it was it was quite a moment it was yes out of the blue and then when it was happening I thought how did we not know this was going to happen this is the most Eurovision thing to ever happen is a presenter to just start rapping and obviously Alicia Dixon she knows what she's doing if it's going to be anyone it's got to be Alicia Dixon Enter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the books for his appearance as well. That was a, that was iconic too. That's true. It is a little throwaway moments like that. We won't even get into the dust and the turkey appearance because that was <laughs> that was a uh, not cool by Irish people's standards. That is a moment we tried to forget in the Eurovision. So thanks to the UK for bringing that one back up. <laughs> it's given it's Basil Brush, you know. <laughs> but yeah, Rebecca Ferguson. I mean, obviously she's from Liverpool, so it was brilliant performance in that sense but she's got such a lovely voice and her singing along with Alosha and it was just so touching and moving it really reminds you why we are here completely it was such a touching scene I think the lighting work in that performance was absolutely next level it was just creating such a story about war and families being separated and all these things and those messages the texts that were coming up um you know, little random ones like, are the kids okay? Did you get out okay? All these kind of horrific messages that people have been sending to each other. Yeah, I will say BBC and Liverpool and everyone did a really great um, job at kind of constantly reminding us why we're here, what we're doing, who this is for, the whole concept of United by Music, all that kind of stuff, especially in that opening ad. You know, that is the ad they released on, I saw it on the internet, but I'm sure it was shown on TV. And it was the opening kind of sequence of the little boy running yeah. around telling everyone that it was being hosted in Liverpool. And it was just so iconic. He had so many famous faces in it, including Paulo Grady, who we know obviously died recently. Yeah. And it was a really good and touching performance to watch. So I think they did extremely well doing that. We still haven't saw an official announcement of who is delivering our points. Yeah, I've seen a really kind of mixed signals, mixed mixed bags i've heard names like mel b mel c mm-hmm. even all the mills and Catherine tate at one point i saw as well so i guess it could be any of those people i don't know who's giving out ireland's points either who would you choose to give out ireland's points um i mean most years it's nikki byrne or linda martin um who are icons obviously in their own right but i think if i'm going to chuck people out first of all 
I don't know why Niall Horan's never done it. I also wouldn't mind a more of a comical view of it. Maybe have like the actors who play the Dairy Girls to do it. Do you know what? I would I would like that. I think they could have a little, Sometimes I cringe at the little skits. I think some countries around Europe will be watching it going, I'm sorry, what is happening? Why are these girls in uniforms giving out this, these points? I don't really get it. Maybe you could have the nun. <laughs> That's a great idea, actually. But yeah. Sister Michael on the action, she'd be giving it straight face, no, no messing about. That would be great. But who are you hoping for to give out your UK points? I'm going to start it with the obvious one. Rest in peace. I would have 100% chose Paula Grady. I think he was perfect for the role and it was nice to see him what we were saying before in the beginning trailer it was really lovely but I would love Gemma Collins oh my god Gemma Collins that- could you imagine I just want to be me five <laughs> points to the UK that's a really bad accent but that is shocking but I wouldn't bet that she could do your accent to be fair <laughs> I've just thought of someone who could deliver your points who Nadine Coyle oh my god could you imagine yeah flyer flirt <laughs> <laughs> she'd be like my birthday is the <laughs> like, babe this isn't what we're asking what are your points <laughs> yeah I, only because i was thinking in my head for the uk i would maybe choose cheryl cheryl would be quite an iconic one um i think she'd have a bit of fun so overall jody final result on the table did you like your first semi-final of the eurovision do you know what? Despite the roller coaster of emotions I felt, I absolutely loved it. I can't. I'm. I'm in it now. I, there's no going back. You're obsessed. You're gonna be on this train with me for the rest of our lives. But do you know what? Even better because the next train will be to Liverpool. That is so true. The next episode of this podcast will be recorded in Liverpool after the second semi-finals. I'm so excited to be home. I know. I can't wait to see Liverpool. I'm actually buzzing to go up there. I think it's gonna be so cool. The amount of stuff that's going on up there is going to be amazing to be in the atmosphere is going to be so 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 fun first time susan's in liverpool and it's for your division what a nice vibe i know what a collision of dreams coming true for everyone is not that it and i genuinely cannot believe we are going to be at the Eurovision so so excited but if you are there in the fan zone make sure you come and say hello to us exactly and in the next episode of this podcast we are gearing up completely for that second semi-final as we edge closer and closer to the grand final on Saturday the countries competing on Thursday's second semi-final are Denmark Armenia Romania Estonia Belgium Cyprus Iceland Greece Poland Slovenia Georgia San Marino Austria Albania Lithuania and Australia. Really excited for the next semis. Couple of strong contenders there. Definitely strong contenders. And you will hear our full opinions right after that semi-final on Thursday while we are in Liverpool. This is the Making Your Romance Up podcast. Make sure you like, share, stream with all your friends. And hey, maybe on the next show, we'll get some more Books Fizz references. That sounds like people are giving shout outs to our podcast. <laughs> Hopefully. It's been Josie. And it's been Susan. And this is the Making Your Romance Up podcast. Music.